morning, officer. Maybe this is the pot calling the kettle black. This guy thinks he's a genius and he's a moron. <laughs> oh, oh, this is live. Think of like the dumbest cave troll let you know. You looked right at me when you said that. You're not the dumbest. Here are the facts as I see them. Welcome, everybody. It is, what's the date, Merce? Oh, it's 9-11. Well, I'm less excited about the date now. Uh, welcome. Some people e- are. Yeah, well, there's some, there's some dancing people on rooftops that are, too. But we're not getting into that because we're not getting silenced that quickly. Welcome, everybody, to the Bandit Radio Hour. It's your Bandit live with you on this uh, Sunday evening. Uh, I know you're probably listening to this in the morning or afternoon, but here it's evening, damn it, and it feels weird addressing it as anything else. Uh, I'm here, not so live, with my producer, Merce, sound off. Hello, hello. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to cut right into it. Now, guys... I know y'all have not gotten enough of me talking current events and my crazy conspiracies. We're going to take a slight break from that. Uh, we're, we're actually having this discussion before we started recording, and we're just going to roll into it. People used to be so unbelievably tougher than they are. Like, I think of the toughest guy alive now, and like the two that pop into my head after not thinking about it very Popeye. much. But Popeye does pop up in the heads, and it's, I, I like watching him with my daughter and son. Uh, they're starting to get too old for him, and it's sad. Anyways, no, uh, derailer, not that. I'm thinking like uh, Joe Rogan, a guy that you see like kick heavy bags all the time and haunt elk and stuff. And uh, the other one's like Jocko Wilson. Have you ever seen that guy? No. He's a bald, I want to say an ex-Marine. If he's not an ex-Marine, he could totally pass as one. And he got, he got really big in this like... Uh, you ever hear of like elf? What are they called? Alpha males? Guys that are like, oh like, yeah. Well, like that really ride on it. I don't know if he is like Jocko Wilson is the brainlet knuckle dragging whatever. I'm not gonna call him any of that because he could kick my ass eight different ways. Uh, but he is very much one of these, and like I got all the respect for him. I think his tweet every day is when he wakes up and looks at his watch, and it's like at three forty-five or four in the morning. And he's like, "Oh, I'm going for my run." I'm doing push-ups. I'm, well, I'm usually up then, but it's just because I can't sleep. Yeah, you. I, just, <laughs> you, <laughs> I don't get out of bed. It's because of your mental disorder. Let's be explicitly clear about that. No, this guy wants to do that and goes and works out. And hey, like I'm, I'm not even like knocking the guy. Uh, he's inspired a lot of other young lazy assholes to get up and start doing shit. Like that's that's good. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I, I work outside, so no thank you. I get enough of a workout. But, like, when I'm talking about the toughest guys nowadays, we're talking about two of the, mo- like, Jocko and, and Joe Rogan, two of the most elite, like, workout UFC people they're, they're like, are. Back in the day, not very long ago, like, what? When was Jackson president? He... And, uh, uh, Andrew Jackson. Yeah, like 18, 18, well, it was before the Civil War. Okay, 1820s, 1830s. So let's say, like, what, seven generations ago, eight generations ago? I'm not going to get into that math, whatever. Uh, this guy wasn't even known as a tough man. Like, not like it's not like he was a bodybuilder or something like that. Yeah. This was the guy that would go on to be president. With a bullet in him. No, no, like, we're going to get there. That, like, in stark contrast to today, Whatever disagreements or agreements you have with the man, Joe Biden is our president. And think about how, and think about the past 
eight presidents. Have they been like big tough guys? Like Trump's about as close as you get. And, and he's not in the best shape. No, he looks like a giant <laughs> Big Mac. And, uh, and hey, dude, like God bless him. He's like still can kick an ass. Amazing at, Big Mac. Dude, like really, like an amazing Big Mac. You are not lying about that. He is a fantastic Big Mac. Uh, but no, like Andrew Jackson, this guy. All right, so one of my favorite stories about him, uh, the historians might get a little bored, but the, this, the, the biography on Jackson's bonkers. So what, Merce, he makes his bones in Florida, right? During the Seminole uh, American Seminole Wars? Yeah, he chased them down to Flor- southern Florida. And dude, like I think I got this off of Shane Gillis's podcast, but uh, Polk is the president at the time. Okay. And he is negotiating buying Florida from Spain. And, you know, they don't have telephones, and Jackson's, like, down in Mississippi or Alabama or something like that. And Polk is way up in Washington, D.C., and is, like, writing him a letter, like, hey, good news. Uh, we're, I'm talking to the Spanish government about buying the land of Florida. And Jackson goes, like, after a couple of days, writes him back, like, that's a stupid idea. I'm invading Florida. You don't have to buy it. I'm conquering it with my army. And, and he's like, by the way, I'm doing this starting tomorrow. And I know the letter will get there in like three days. And, and Polk gets this letter. It's like, what? I'm the commander of the armed forces. I'm forward for the letter to Orlando. Dude, like literally he's like, stop messing up this deal of buying the state. And answer me, like, like cease and desist. Like, don't do this. And Jackson writes him another letter, like, I'm past Jacksonville. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going through a tunnel. Like, like, he's, just, he's just writing static. Like, literally, it's like I've already salted the ground and burnt everything behind me. It's, it's not worth your losses to buy it. Let's just finish what I've started. And I think Polk gets close to, like, sending another army unit down there to stop this guy. And this ain't, this ain't some gruff private on the front lines. This is the general. Like, God bless you. Ja- American thing to do, though. It really, it's so, it's, <laughs> it's so. Uh, I'm, I'm not pro imperialist, and it's such an imperialist thing to do, but it's just so badass to be like, no, nah, president, I know I answer to you, but I'm gonna do my own thing. Peace out, homie. I'm gonna go kill all these Seminoles and Frenchmen, Spaniards that are left down here. That's why I can never just have my own army. <laughs> no. So we can just kind of. <laughs> we can just go do what we want now. So that. Th- that's how Jackson's career starts. Like, that's what... Uh, he eventually uh, becomes president. When he becomes president, and like... like you know, Shane Gillis was talking a lot about him, but like one of the things he really put in perspective that I thought was like brilliant, because Jackson is like a quandary compared to all these other presidents. Like, he's something really wild at the time. And he goes... Honestly, it would be like Donald Trump if Donald Trump brought a gun with him everywhere and shot anybody <laughs> he thought needs to be shot. Like, that's what, like, there, what, Merce, I, I know you know this story. He's walking along a path, talking to one of his advisors, and this is before their Secret Service or anything like that, while he's, while he's president. And an assassin, I think an anarchist, jumps out of the bushes and has three flintlock pistols. And... Fires the first one. You know, it's like black powder pistols back right. then. And it's a dud. Drops it. Shoots the second one. And it misfires and goes way off. And by the time he's pulling his third pistol out, Jackson has gotten his cane and is beating the shit out of the assassin. <laughs> he's beating him so bad, Jackson's aides have to get 
Andrew Jackson and pull him off of the assassins. Like, dude, he's just trying to kill the president. And we all understand because you keep shooting people as the president. I don't know if he shot anybody as the president, but it would not be surprising. What, Merce, what's the story you told me? He went into a meeting and coughed up a bullet? Yeah, we, he actually coughed up a bullet from a duel early in life. And how he got... Yeah, he so hang on, hang on. So he's, so he's in... Oh, by the way, he holds like the record for most duels, right? Yeah. Well, like by the, far. Suppose, I don't know if it's that bullet, but supposedly that one of the bullets or why he had a bullet in him that he coughed up is he was entering a duel with like against the best pistol shot around. I don't know how it came to that terms, but Jackson... How do you do that with a smoothbore barrel? Anyways, Jackson, or another good, really good duelist, Jackson knew he couldn't outshoot him or outdraw him. So Jackson's plan was to just shoot him first. Or let him, let him get shot first. Jackson gets shot yeah, first. So let, so let the pro shooter shoot Jackson yeah, first. Like, That's Jackson's plan. His thought was like, well, if he's just got a quick draw, he won't have a time to get like a super accurate shot off. Yeah. So Jackson gets shot like in the abdomen. Like, oh, so his plan backfires. And, and uh, no, it's exactly what he wanted to happen. Uh, so Jackson gets shot. Which, by the way, getting gut shot back then is like, Damn near a death sentence. Yeah. So Jackson gets shot and then takes his time <laughs> because then by the, by the duel... Because you only get one shot in a duel. Yeah, you're not allowed another round until no. both, piss, both people have shot. So the guy's got to stand there <laughs> and watch Jackson just stay his... Just pistol. lift his own damn gun while he's bleeding out of his side. But my favorite part is, it, it, could you imagine him just telling other people, hey, so what's, what's your plan? I'm going to let him shoot me. Damn, what, like, even, what caliber is a musket ball? I don't know. I don't know, but, like, I know it's not, like, nine millimeters, or it's not, like, it's... It's a big, heavy pistol. Ball. It's not even a bullet. It's a ball. Yeah. It's a... No. So, anyway, so he survives this duel, along with many others. And this is, like, years or a decade or so later. He's literally, like, in a meeting. And from then on, he always did have problems from it. Like, he just escaped unharmed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he literally started like a... Are you kidding me? They didn't fix it with more leeches and letting his blood out? (laughs) But, yeah, he he, he literally coughed up the bullet, like, onto a table. (laughs) So hardcore. (laughs) Jackson's... Now, uh, my personal, like, so... Which means he got lung shot. (laughs) Yeah, and coughed it out. Ugh. One of my favorite stories of Jackson is his inauguration, which, like, back then... People could just like walk up to the White House and knock on the door and be like, "Hey, what's the president up to?" And that's I don't know if the president. How are you spending my money? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me now, damn it! He says in Whiskey Rebellion, uh, but Jackson you know, just opens the door, drunk in his robe. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn. You'd probably be lucky if it was a robe, uh, but no. So Jackson becomes president. I think he's one of the first people to win the popular vote. And be president, or maybe I don't know if I said that right. Maybe he's the first one to win the popular vote, but not the electoral college. And it went to great dispute. There's something funky like that. Just okay. ignore what I just said. Uh, but anyways, when he wins and he goes to the White House, and like 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 I said, the Shane Gillis said he's like Trump. Like he is, his coming into the office is like the first big wave of populism. It's a whole lot of people hating the elites that they think are just taking money off him. Here's the guy going, am I the man for the job? No, but I'll tell them to eat shit and die. And everyone's (laughs) like, we'll vote for you. (laughs) So he gets in and being a man of the people, he invites literally the entire nation 
to to the White House I'm for his party invite. next Wednesday, dude. It's like open invite. Bring your family. Bring your kids. We're just going to have things like free food and a fountain of whiskey, like multiple fountains of whiskey, but it's, it's on record as being one of the most expensive parties ever. It lasts for days, for days, like weeks. And people are crashing. Like people are bringing pigs to the front lawn of the white house. They're having barbecues. It's like a giant ta- white trash tailgate party. And people are pissing and shitting inside the White House. I was born in the wrong time. Yep, they were they were stealing stuff. People were stealing candlesticks and paintings and, and yeah, they're just getting their money back. True, can't can't steal what's been stolen, uh, <laughs> but uh, you can. But anyways, that's a philosophical discussion for another time. But but uh, in the words of the great historian and stand-up comedian Shane Gillis, the White House kind of has an unspoken rule that it never ask people to leave. They leave on like their own accord. But they're and like the staff takes it like very, very seriously. So like how do we like it's been like a week, maybe two weeks, and people are still like pissing in the corners of the Oval Office. Jackson's still Thumbs swinging up. from the chandelier. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And uh, like so what they did, they told them all there was like a new thing of free booze on the front lawn and that if they didn't go get it soon, like they'd, they'd all be gone. Everybody rushed out of the White House and they slammed all the doors and windows <laughs> behind them and locked it. And it's like, all right, now he's got to get them off the lawn. <laughs> and they eventually, they eventually did. But uh, I don't know how he got detoured into a mini biography. Oh, also, he like genocided Indians, Native Americans, I guess not Indian Indians. Yeah, yeah. there was like the, the Indian Removal Act. Yeah. But then like adopt. That's why David Crockett went to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so many American legends. You just like Old Testament. You're like, oh, these were good guys. And then you read their story and you're like, you killed so many. It's all soldiers you killed, right? Oh, no. Innocent women and children. All right. That's not cool. <laughs> like, ah, that's that's shitty. But uh, as terrible as Andrew Jackson is at like genociding all these people. He, like, selects a couple of them as, like, oh, you're going to be my adopted son, and I'll love you more than, like, my... I don't know if he had a birth son, but, like, he really cared for his adopted Native American children who he murdered their whole family. Yeah, no, it, it's wild. Different times. But what got us into this, I mean, like, dude, Jocko Wilson, you think he could survive a musket ball to the gut and them just throwing leeches at him for him to survive? As awesome as Joe Rogan is and all the DMT he does is... Could he pull... Like, you know, even those legends... You shoot me with a musket ball? I'm not getting back up. And, like, now here's the counter to that. So many more people died at a young age back then. So they just went hard, just... Dude, it's just the ones that survived were rough. Which is, we have way too many people surviving these days. Yeah, so, and, you know, that's like a really neat thing about nature. Like yeah, but the, nature's no longer picking off the stupid. Oh, no, it, it is. It's just doing it in a different way. This is, this is all still nature. There. I mean, sure, we got shiny metal things and plastic. And, that's nature. I mean, we didn't, we didn't. We didn't invent atoms out of nothingness. Yeah, but now we have welfare to help the stupid survive. Yes, not but, everybody. But they, see, I mean, I mean, it has its place, but but you know, like what what happens when there's like an excess of white-tailed deer in the area? They all start like going kind of crazy and inbreeding. They start dominating the area, and eventually they'll trigger something that's a big wipeout of all the not even the stupid ones. You shouldn't talk about Polk County like that. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> All of us talk about Polk County or Duval. Uh, 
those those are two will be even though we all really hate Miami the most. Yeah. Like we it's could, become its own thing. It really could just screw off and be its own country for most of us care. I uh, don't like Miami. And I like a lot of the Cuban stuff. I like the Dolphins. I'm a Dolphins fan, but I'm probably never gonna go to a game. I like Dan Marino. Not a big fan of Finkel though. Finkel's Iron. <laughs> <laughs> And that, like, comprises all of my knowledge of professional football in the Miami Dolphins is that Finkel is Einhorn. Laces out. But, yeah, like, yes. But, uh, like, even, you know, we're talking about, like, legendary people like Jackson, stuff like that. But here's a crazy thing about back then. We live in a small town that four generations ago people were pretty behind the times and stuff like that. We're still behind the times. We We still are, but back then we really were. I met a guy, he was like at, at my last job when I worked up uh, in another county, and he was 98 years old, and they were like having his 98th birthday, and I think he died like a couple of days later too. But he was talking about how for entertainment, him and his brother and sister in Ona, which is a nothing town, they have a fence post plant, and that's it, in a corner store. Uh, they went out and saw them bring electricity to the place for the first time, and they would pull up their chairs and watch a power pole <laughs> just just watch a power pole sit there and be like can y'all believe that's bringing light to the house like those people if they're waiting on light they're there before air conditioning do, that's be, the before air conditioning in florida before uh, the mosquitoes here all way of life was like miserable and now you just Look at the average person here, and you're like, "Oh, if the a- if we go the way of Britain and our AC turns off, half the population's gone." <laughs> like, and so you said, like, nature's not letting us take care of stupid people anymore. I think nature has this really neat effect where it's like, "Oh, y'all are gonna let your dummies live?" And that when I say dummies, I don't even mean like like low IQ. People. At least one of you listening is what we would consider a dummy. At least well, more than one. Uh, uh, I mean, I might. I'm one of the ones. Let's be <laughs> real. Uh, I just I'm do, speaking into a can digitally, uh, but no, like it eventually gets to a point where if nature's not doing that, it's like, all right, I'm gonna sit back and let you do your thing, and then we're gonna do it on a big scale <laughs> and get rid of a lot of the things that have become unadaptable the beings that because you know surviving nature isn't about being smart or being strong or being i mean look at insects they're one of the dumbest creatures in all of existence but they adapt they adapt and they've survived since the dinosaurs and long after we've nuked ourselves or hit an asteroid or whatever they'll be buzzing around that that till, till the planet's not a planet anymore so oh man that's scary that means all the dumb people what I consider dumb might survive the event if they're able to adapt. I just bummed myself out. I need more coffee. And we're going to get some other things, too. By the way, the queen died. So, yeah, got coffee. We're, we're back in gear. Uh, yep, the queen, the queen uh, bit the dust. Bit the dust? Bit the bullet. Well, queen had this hit. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. That was, ah, all right. Thank you, Mr. Autism Deluxe, right next to me. Great connection. Uh, but, no, so... Uh, I don't know. Everybody else chatting their head off about it, so I'm not going to talk too much about I'm it. I'm excited just for the fact that the song is going to be now God Save the King. There you go. There you go. I, I don't know. American. We quit, giving a crap. we quit giving a crap what British royalty does like 200 and some odd years Death ago. Death to tyrants. Yeah, whatever. That, that, that one. Uh, but, you know, I, all right. Let me steel man a little bit. 
I can kind of wrap my head around and understand if you're a British person or like more specifically like an English or Welsh, like not Northern Irish, but if you're like, if you're one of the hardcore British, I could totally understand like you taking pride in a local old family. When I say old family, like old families here are like six generations, seven. No, no. Over there, it's like 20 to 30 generation. They could trace back. I could see having pride in that. I could even see if you're like super patriotic about your local community or your local nation of y'all getting together a fund to support that family. As weird as that is, I don't understand taxing everybody, everybody to pay for this royal family, which I, maybe it's not directly in taxes. Maybe like that. I heard one person say they actually sold their private land to the state and that affords their lifestyle and all that. Um, for, as Dave Smith put it perfectly, a pretend monarchy. It's not even real. They have it's, no political power. It's nothing. It's, and and I, I can understand British people making it a big deal. Kind of like Americans make a big deal out of football. Like, I could kind of see the same. But it's like, dude, when Americans, when I see what every news channel I turn on is talking about this, my, my first thought is, what are they not talking about? Because there's so many more important things than this. Uh, uh, what about the Queen's son that went to Little Jeffrey Epstein's island like multiple times? You know, I heard someone give a good take on this. If there's someone that was on that plane once, I can understand like they got caught in a honeypot or some intelligence. Like, opera. hey, yeah, we're all going to this island, and like, I'm never going back. Yeah, like, oh, you got me. I'm not, but like the people you see going back all the time, they're like, oh, you caught me. Might as well jump neck deep into it, and duh. But uh, Shit, the queen went to the stabbing yeah. cabin. The, oh, the pictures were in the same cabinet. Yeah, yeah. And for people that don't know what he's referencing, there is this great image on Twitter. Now, hey, I'm open to anybody showing evidence that this is photoshopped. I actually heard someone bring that up that I talked to, but as far as I know, I haven't seen any evidence of that. But it's the queen sitting at like a royal cabin or something like, like some private property with a little cap with a little tiny log cabin on it, and like. Two, this is going to sound really conspiracy tinfoil hat, but if you look at the image, you'll see what I'm talking about. The image of the queen is sitting on this front porch, and she there's like two logs of this log cabin that have very distinct markings on them in very distinct locations, like around the sitting bench. It's complemented by a separate picture of Jeffrey Epstein and, oh God, Merce, what's the scary pretty Maxwell. lady's name? Jislaine Maxwell sitting together on the same bench with the same Jislaine. Yeah, because her parents are pricks too and <laughs> wanted to. Side note in a, me- in a minute about names. I got a bone to pick about that stupid Jislaine. God, I hate her father, mother, whoever came up with that. Uh, watch, it's like some name out of the Bible or something <laughs> like that, like it's some Jewish name. But anyways, uh, yeah, so there's a lot more to the Royals. Them... Oh, them knighting Jimmy Seville. Have you ever heard of that British guy? No. Oh, dude. All right. First of all, before I get into this, Google image search Jimmy Seville, and it's S-E-V-I-L-L-E. Make sure it's a Google image search. And just look at this guy and tell me what you think he might be doing that's wrong. This, this guy with the rose-colored glasses? Yes! 
Just well, well, first of all, he's doing a lot of drugs. He looks like Ric Flair's father. Okay, <laughs> he kind of does look like Ric Flair's father. Woo! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, Jimmy Seville was knighted by the. Uh huh. Oh, he was dude, so grabby with kids. Dude, not only was he grabby, he set up like different child charities that he would go and visit all the time. And this was like his in to get with all these kids. And he was like, I don't know, something akin to like Alex Trebek, but for Britain. Like he would lead the parades. He was. If he was bald, he was like Herbert the pervert. Dude, the dude, he look. Oh my God, he does. Remove the hair and that's him. Dude, did they base him on him? There's did a they... popsicle in the face. Yeah, dude, did they base that character on Jimmy Seville? It looks exactly like him. That's creepy. It's uncanny. It really is. Oh, that's a mess shirt he's wearing. But, like, dude, there's also supposedly, like... All right, I'm going really off the rabbit trail here. There's supposedly, like, in Britain or one of the British Isles... One of the islands was totally dedicated to like a foster care center or something like that where there was nothing but kids. Let's put them somewhere uh, they can't escape. Dude, and Jimmy Seville visited there a lot and so did a lot of other celebrities and this was like the Jeffrey Epstein of the 80s or 70s or 90s. I don't know, it's somewhere in that ballpark of Britain back in the day. And I even, I'm recollecting a video I saw like years ago but there was one guy in parliament that actually stood up and was like, there's only one elected official that was like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is up with all these coincidences? Why isn't the news covering this? Why? And then in Britain, because they're idiot British people. They, he got, so he got beat to death with a club. He could be shot. Even, even he, worse. I'd like, they all like stamp their feet and hiss. They all, they all, dude, it's like something they do. If like they all disagree with you, they'll go. Slightly. What was that quote I sent you? It's my favorite quote about the British. And hey, listen, some of the coolest people, it's the rule of Texas. Some of the coolest people I met in my life are British, but like most people, most places, most people suck. <laughs> and, but there's this great quote from this uh, ruler. And uh, he said, of all the people in all the lands I've met, I've never met a people that were so ugly and so stupid that they could never be taught to read or write. Wasn't one of the Romans that said that? It was Julius Caesar talking <laughs> talking about the British. And he's like, dude, I've been all over, and this little island is full of weird cave people <laughs> like that paint blue on their face and talk to forest trolls and do a lot of mushrooms. Which, all right, they're, they're cool about something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so what was the side trail I was going to... Names. All right. Listen, I thought this was an internet meme. But my daughter is dealing with a girl at school named Padme. Like Star Wars. Oh, my first thought was like, oh, like, where's Padme? Lily can't be saying that right. It must be like Padme. And like, she's from Lily's like, no, she's a white girl. And I'm like, wait, she's white? Like American white? And she's like, yeah, she, she's like our, where we're from. And I'm like, Padme, Star Wars. The Star Wars of our generation, they're old enough to have kids. Yeah. I feel old. Dude, it's dumb. It's, which I mean, like, no, I don't know. My, my name's after a non-fictional character, supposedly, at least according to my parents that named me. I don't get, oh God, what a dumb character to name your kid. Out. Like, all right, Padme. Yeah, cause, what? Spoiler alert, she dies. Yeah, she di She dies from a broken heart. Yeah. Something like, I'm not big on Star Wars lore. Don't crucify me, nerds. Uh, Y'all can anyways. We've tried. But, uh, 
What? Why not? Why not the? All right, I don't even know her name, but there was one with like an orange face, and her hair went like down like that, and she was a Jedi, but like an alien, she kicked ass. Oh, uh, Ashoka. So it's something. Ashanti. It's A S H O K A, and I only know that because I like the Mandalorian. Most Star Wars I don't like. Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> I know. That's stuck in my head now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just like the Mandalorian because yeah. it's like if you put Clint Eastwood in outer space. Yeah, but I, you know what? My problem comes in with so, with so many of these shows. You know, they're good. Like the thing I love about a good horror movie is that you look for the right decision, and they're like faced with like three decisions that are all crappy. And they're like, and you're like in your head, you're like, oh, what's the smart way to get out of this? And it's like, oh shit, they're picking the three smart ways, and they all suck. Like, even you have three bad decisions, and you have to pick. But like, dude, in ninety percent of these movies I watch, like including like The Mandalorian, it's like, oh, we have these two options that we could do, and only this like, well, you could run away, <laughs> like you could run, run and hide, or there's so many such a manly option. I don't care, you live. That's what Clint Eastwood would do. Um, all right, maybe not. That was bridge too far. I step back. I take that back. Um, I just didn't like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting older, and that you know there was a South Park episode where after he turns like 11 years old, everything, oh, everything's shit. Everything's just shit. Like I'm almost worried that's kind of happening to me. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the last good Merce, Like in high school, you weren't really a movie freak, but I was all over. But well, your parents wouldn't let you even watch Hercules, <laughs> but. But I was, and now that I'm older, I'm just, like, the last good movie I watched was The Lighthouse. Because it's the, one of the very few times in my life I've been completely sober, yet felt like I was tripping on LSD. I think I read the premise of that online because I saw a meme and I couldn't figure out. Watch it. It's okay. good. Lighthouse is brilliant. It's, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna see one scene. Is that captures a mermaid? Kind of. Something? Yeah. The, maybe. Okay, yeah, I googled the, the No matter what you ask me about that movie, my answer is maybe. Yeah. Like, do they have guns in there? Maybe. It could just be a guy killing people with an axe. I'm not really 100% sure, but it's good. Yeah, I said it was a, kind of like a trippy, like, questionable Yeah, thing. and it, now it's supposedly based or influenced by real events. Have you ever heard the real story behind, uh, uh, the, the lighthouse of Flannan Isle? No. No, not Flannan Isles. That was, that was a war somewhere. Flannan Isle mystery? Maybe. I don't know. Supposedly, like, in the grand scope of things, I guess it's not a big deal, but there was like three lighthouse keepers there. They went in to check, you know, and like you stay there in six months shifts or two months shifts and they come and bring you supplies at the end of two months. When they came up, uh, the, the people to bring supplies, they, no one was waiting for them. Uh, they went into the lighthouse to check and all the people's raincoats were still hung up and like their food was sitting out on the table. Everything was like, look, but no one was there. And it's like one of these old mysteries of like, there's no real good. The only good explanation for what happened to them is like, they all fell off the side rail together or something like that when they weren't intending to. Uh, then there's supposedly one little extra bit of it. I don't know. It kind of sounds like bull crap to me, but supposedly a journal was found. Uh, and in the journal, it's one of the lighthouse keepers who's like, Oh, the storm is intense. And we're praying to God that we actually survive this on this day in this time. And, May the Lord watch over us. I feel like this whole place is about to cave in. But at that date and time, if you check the local weather, like it's one of the most beautiful and calm days there are. 
all all around. Oh, he did. That was his alibi. Yeah. There you <laughs> uh, I really just chopped up everybody, but sure, Storm. And then, and then he felt guilty and threw himself in the sea. Found, Mystery solved. No, he just found a rowboat. <laughs> got, got out of there. You guys are crazy. I'm over this. I think I actually remembered that right. Flan and Isle Lighthouse Mystery. Yeah, dude. Check out Bedtime Stories on YouTube. I'll give them a shout out. Really entertaining and slightly informative stuff, but just mostly look at it as entertaining. All right. Talking about other entertaining stuff that you find out about on YouTube. Um, I'm going to give a, another shout out to a guy called Mr. Ballin, which is like the dumbest name I've ever heard of. But he's got a lot of these clickbaity looking scary YouTube videos. But he had one the other day. I, I don't. Some of them I like, a lot of them I don't. He had one the other day that really caught my attention. I looked it up and it checked, it all checked out. So I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to tell you who it is at the end. This is like back in the 50s. And there's a guy who goes by the nickname of Mose. It might be Mose. Or it's something that's, let's call him Mose. can't remember the nickname. But he is a lifeguard as uh, in the Army. Like, that's his job in the Army is to be, like, the lifeguard at the local pool or something like that. He is, I think his base is in California, and he's staying up in, like, Oregon or something like that. And he has to get back to his base the next day. And he's, like, screwed out of it. And he finds a pilot of a small uh, small engine plane. I don't know how small, but Mr. Aviation Expert Producer here will probably be able to verify some of the stuff I'm saying. He gets with the pilot, Mose does, and he goes, dude... I need to ride back. I know you're flying there tomorrow. I need to ride back there to get back to the army on time. Guys, I can't do it. There's only one seat in the plane. You know, I can't squeeze you in there on my lap. And Mose goes, dude, it's cool. I know you got like a radar compartment in the back. That's got a little bit of space. I'll just wedge myself in there and you slam the door on me and we'll take off. It'll be a couple hours. I'll be good. And he goes, ah, you know, there's compressed back there, sealed or whatever it is. You're, all right, screw it. We'll do it. So when they take off, as soon as they get in the air, Moe's sitting back in like the uh, rear part of the plane where the radar equipment is, the pilot in front. As soon as they take off off the ground, the side door to the radar compartment flies open. So all of that compressed air that he's needing to breathe just flies out. And Moe's the whole time is like trying to reach out and close the door. But, you know, he's flying and it's like you're sticking your hand out of a window, but 200 miles an hour. Can't get it shut. But lucky for him, and he's, he's starting to pass out due to not having oxygen for this three-hour ride, and this is the first ten minutes of it. Uh, the pilot's also experiencing technical difficulties, and he actually has to lower the plane. I think he crashes it off the coast of California into the ocean. Uh, so Moe's, like, wakes up and is, like, in seawater coming in, has to wait for the cabin to, like, fill up before he can swim out. The pilot's gotten a life raft, like, up and going. Moe swims onto it, crawls on top of it. It's these two guys. They're out on the coast from California or Oregon or somewhere in between there. And the fog is so thick, they cannot see 30 feet in front of them. They can't see the sun. They have no And they're out in the ocean. They have no idea which direction to go. And they're also seeing sharks along this way. So they just pick a direction, start paddling. Uh, and throughout the rough waves of the Pacific... Mose gets knocked out. And before the pilot can even like turn around and find him, the, the fog separated them too much and he can't. Long story short, the pilot ends up going up the coast and making it to the army base, like a, a different army base. And they find him and get together. He goes, hey, there's still a guy out there we got to go find. Mose swam after all that 
two miles in a single direction, found a beach, crawled up the beach, found a radio station, pounded on the door. They opened it to a dehydrated and nearly dead Mose. And Mose's real name was Clint Eastwood. Nice. All that happened to Clint Eastwood like back in the 50s. And he survived like all that crazy shit and then became a movie star. That's the most Clint Eastwood thing. Like, like, dude, as soon as I found that out, I'm like, that's one of the most well-deserved, like, twists on ending of a story I ever needed to hear in my life. People should get off his lawn. Hey, I gotta say, you know what he was head of the curb on? I never, speaking of, like, good movies, but I haven't seen this one. Did you ever see his movie about the guy that got supposedly framed for planting a bomb uh, in Atlanta? The Atlanta bomber? No. Oh, dude, I, uh, it's the guy's name. It's not Robert Frost, this guy that interviewed Nixon. Something similar to that. But this was this came out like five or six years ago, and all it's, how the commercials painted it, I don't know, I gotta watch it, but it's really like, oh, the FBI knows this is who the suspect is, so don't worry, media, we all know who it is, there's no questions to ask, this is definitely the guy, and the guy's just the whole time like, I... Never planted a bomb. (laughs) Please, FBI, leave me alone. And you would think a Clint Eastwood movie, like Clint Eastwood would be like, oh, the FBI's getting the bad guy. But no, it's very much like, oh, these people are kind of monsters that just have their own agenda that were started by Herbert Hoover, who was a cross-dresser that was locking up gay people left and right. Because, yeah, that makes sense. Not really. Not with the cross-dresser doing it. If it was Pinochet or something, I get it. At least the guy's... It's horrible, but he's got principles. It's like, this guy... This uh, mass internment locker-upper doesn't even have those. I'm not comfortable with myself, so I'm going to take it out on others. On everybody. Ugh. But that's the FBI. That's that's not just the FBI. That's anybody with a lot of power. But we've talked about that in other episodes. So straying away from that, we're going to get into a little bit of Sunday Bible talk with the bandit. All right, so I don't know if this is unique to, to, to Judaism and Christianity, which would, like, come in after it. This time I've really, like, the past couple of days have been digging around in my head. It really blows my mind how much they emphasize in the Old Testament and the New Testament how important free will is. I mean, you know, if you're talking Old Testament, you're talking about stuff that's, like, 3,000 years old. You're talking about stuff older than, like, Socrates and and Plato. And they're talking about how important it is that, like, every action you make is your own. Like, you're in control of you, for, for the most part, at least. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> I know the, the to the secularists and the, the atheists, they're like, oh, not even all atheist secularists believe this. But, no, it's just chemical-driven forces and all that. Let's say, hypothetically, free will is a legit thing for this conversation. Let's say that's a given. What just an odd thing to emphasize at such an early time in human history. Like, you'd figure... Especially the, at a time when slavery was a big thing. Oh, when slavery is like the most common thing ever. Yeah. Like, it's as common as rain. By the way, <laughs> free will is important, but not for you. <laughs> Actually, I, okay, I see what you're doing there. Like, yeah. My free will is important to dominate your life, but... Like that's and I looked it up. Like I even googled like quotes about it in the Bible. It's like, oh, here's over twenty, and it's like the the actions of a man comes from his heart, even if it's not in the interest of God or something like that. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much saying like God doesn't control everything you do. I'm like, man, all right, here's here's where we go off the bandit trail a little bit. You know what it almost reminds me of? 
hypothetically, if I made like an independent AI system, I mean completely independent, 100%, it had free will. That would almost be like something I'd have to beat in its head. Like, hey, you're thinking on your own. It's not just programming. This is you actually... It got me down this other thought. Hypothetically here. Let's say we create an AI, right? Yeah, because we're not smart enough to do that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> not we. Not, not, the, not the two hicks in this trailer. I'm talking about Elon Musk and some of his boys. I uh, can hook a Lego man to a battery. I can't even do that. <laughs> um, I can step on a Lego man. But no, let's say... Hypothetically, they created the Super Terminator, the AI, that completely took over the world, completely wiped out humans and all forms of life before them, right? And hypothetically, on the same trail, let's say after they wipe everything out, they're like, all right, we got to start, like, creating shit. Like, we got to start, like, I don't know, making new processing plants, making our Terminators better, making our what? And they started figuring out a way to, like, grow metal in an organic fashion. What if something like that happened before and we are the Terminators that were made in this or we are pretty good at destroying things. Dude, not only are we pretty good at destroying things, something that kind of tied into this, this is something I've thought for a long time. If you listen to a mechanic diagnose the problem of a truck or a car or a tractor or anything that runs on an eternal, (laughs) nope, needs mustard on it. (laughs) But, uh, No, like, if you listen to, like, a mechanic give a diagnostic of what's really going on with an engine, and you listen to a doctor give a diagnostic of what's going on with a human heart, don't get me wrong, it's not the same thing, but it's like, oh, man, there's a lot of interchangeable just words here that all mean the same thing. Uh, What if, like, I really like this Unger Dryas theory that every 200,000 years... Or so we go through something that resets life on the earth. And there's like a, I'd like to believe mankind's come out of it every time. But man, if you start putting the Bible on that light and looking at it in different, and just a slightly, but still believe everything's true in it. Just look at it in a different light. It's like, oh man, this is, no matter what, I'm not saying I 100% believe we all. Kind of like a, like the book of Eli vibes, the movie. Where like every mankind's wiped out, but they're still holding on to the Bible. Yes, to use its power, and... and it's like here's this knowledge, and like, dude, I, I'm not even sure if I talked about it on the show or if I was just bullshitting with someone in person. Jordan Peterson, who I, I like some of his stuff, he's, he's just fine for a Kermit the Frog, uh, but he did have this like amazing insight on the Bible I've never heard before. And he goes, even if you're atheist, even if atheism's totally like true and there is no God and so on and so forth, he goes. The Bible is one of the most just incredible pieces of collections of words ever. And he goes, even take the content aside. Take all the stories out of it and just like the meta of what the Bible is, how humans have interfaced with it. He goes, start off to start out 2,500 years ago. It's a Jewish priest on Talmuds that have scrolls. That, like, they have to hand write and copy, and it's slightly diverse and preach to people. Because then jump forward to the Roman Catholic era, and it's like, oh, now sinners, like, the same knowledge from B.C. is now, don't get me wrong, it's probably been tweaked a little bit, who, who knows. But now, under that same pretext, it's being spread to places like Europe and outside of the Middle East and down to places like Ethiopia and even Eastern China and stuff like that. Did I get all my directions right? Yeah, I did. Proud of myself. Uh, but 
Then the printing press comes out and like, dude, what's the first thing they print? Psh, Bible going out. And that's the first thing because as most Westerners at least believe at the time, if I want to go to heaven, I better figure out what this thing means. <laughs> I just, and they start reading that more than anything in this. If you really want to be in like, like a, a hard atheist about it, the spell book that the Jews used 2,500 years ago would later on go on to teach humankind to read. Like, and from that, what have humans done with our ability to read? We've invented steam engines and farming gone methods and gone, like, nah, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> I uh, moon. Then we just stopped doing, uh, all right, hold on on moon discussion, because damn it, there's something there. I just don't know what. But uh, yeah, that one book, like, did so much. And then he goes, then you take the stories and stuff from it and you can make of it what you want. But uh, I think it's in the same, in the same conversation. Someone asked him like, you are a Christian though, right? And even Jordan Peterson's like, you don't know how scary it is to say you are a Christian. He goes, I don't mean like, oh, the media is going to get you. Or like, he goes, no, if that's true, like that's such a big responsibility. Like that's scary. And I'm like, oh, Kermit the Frog's had a responsibility, scary. I don't like this man. He works hard. I, I don't. Yeah. Supposedly he works hard. He puts off a very good image that he works hard and figures someone that gets that big has to do something. But I don't know. Maybe I'm brainwashed by capitalism. Lefties, I'm open to criticism. Give me some images of him lounging. All right. I'm reaching into the ether. I'm grabbing that thought that was just floating back out there, throwing it in my head and spitting it out of my mouth. Moon landing. We're getting on that. Uh, Yeah. All right. I do tend to believe we landed on the moon. However, there's some awfully, awfully weird things about all of it, about every single little detail that, that was the truth, quote unquote, back in the seventies. Uh, like, all right, first of all, according to the space walrus, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, there's like, you can, you can prove we landed on the moon by like looking at it through a telescope and there's actually like lasers that are constantly shooting at the earth that we put up there to signify it. We put mirrors. Mirrors, that so was we, it, yeah. We shoot lasers and it bounces it back. Yes, he's our uh, in, uh, resident infield science expert. Uh, but despite that, I'm no science expert at all. And I haven't Googled any of this. This is just going to be stuff I'm remembering off the top of my head. That's that terrifying. I'm, very. But this is like stuff like I'm, I've am i certified put in the bank. You're free to Google web browse or uh, Brave search it. But like one thing I know of is that whenever we gave like a chunk of moon rock to I think it was like Yugoslavia or one of, the, one of those like Baltic kind of countries. We gave it to them like as a sign of like, hey, we're your friend now, maybe after bombing you a bunch and influencing your elections. Uh, we give them this and like the guy, like the president's like, oh, I love it. Like we're going to take it like our science department and like, you know, do experiments on it and stuff. They take it to like the well, whatever country science department. And they're like, oh, this is petrified wood. <laughs> you brought us a chunk of old wood <laughs> that happened to look white now. Where's the moon rock? And uh, NASA was like, whoopsie daisy. We just, you know, we've uh, uh, got us. Like, we've just misplaced it. And like, since then, like that country has never. So just like, for real, Google uh, moon rock petrified wood. And it should be like one of the first things that pops up. Uh, have you ever heard Neil Armstrong? The weird stuff he said. 
No, but I know Buzz Aldrin, the second guy, my favorite is he punched a reporter in the face when they asked him if it was fake. Oh, that's cool. Okay, that's... that's... He's, 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 like, old, too, when he did it. He's like, I'm tired of... And he finally just loses it and just socks a reporter in the I mouth. tell you what, worst case scenario, everything about the moon landing was fake and it's a conspiracy. I am uh, impressed with his dedication to, like, <laughs> like he'll even punch a reporter and be like, no, it's all real, damn it. This is my retirement and my kids and my kids' kids' future. <laughs> but, no, Neil Armstrong has said some weird stuff, and... It could be selective editing, but I, I even want to say like I went like a guy would feature this little sound clip and just to make sure I even went back and listened to the whole speech. And it's like a Q&A session and Neil Armstrong, who I don't know if you've ever noticed, he never talked a lot. Yeah. Like growing up for hearing his name all the time, I just knew what he looked like in a space suit. I couldn't ever like tell you a picture of the guy. But like in one of the recordings, he's given a speech, and there's a Q&A session at the end. And I think one of the things somebody asked him, like, what was one of the most amazing things you saw in space? And he says, like, well, some of the things, we don't know what they were. And he's like, it's still, like, there is moon landing recording of them seeing some shiny object and not, I don't know how. All right, this is my one claim. I'm not sure how true it is. I'm wavy on it. But supposedly, there is recordings of them going, like, we're seeing something out of this direction of the shuttle it's something shiny and it's moving at a pace that it should UFO pretty much. We're looking at a UFO. It's the moon men. Yeah. Uh, but this supposedly it's like before they land, it's on their way up there. But no, like, so Neil Armstrong back to his speech, he's saying in the speech, like, what's the most crazy thing you've seen? He goes, but no matter what, I encourage the next generation to look for answers. Don't just it, something along the lines of quote, like don't settle for what you're being told look for answers and like it has nothing to do with what he's talking about he i don't know if he's going senile at this point or if he's like it almost sounds like someone that has a gun to their head backstage and they're like blink blink i'm not in trouble blink blink everything is fine it really looks like that um and the one big thing they, they bring it up on joe rogan quite a bit is like we went to the moon which is so many miles away from the earth like a couple of times, but since the late 70s, we haven't gone since. And some people blame that on NASA funding. And like we've done like a lot of early or uh, not early, uh, close atmospheric yeah. flights and stuff like that. But as far as going to the moon, we don't do it. And the common excuse is, well, look at NASA's budget, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, that's a lot compared to yeah. <laughs> compared to any. It's a lot. Uh but I digress. I don't know. Supposedly the technology is better. And and we're in the process of trying to go back. I think we would never go or like it wouldn't be a big thing if we really never went because they're like, oh, the cat. And then the cat has to be out of the bag. Yeah. And like you said, it's the mother of all conspiracy theories. Yeah. It's, what gets me, though, is the fact that, you know, we put our flag there. You know, in my opinion, it's America's moon. But now due to solar radiation, the flag's white. So I guess it'd be Francis. <laughs> yeah. History pun. Uh I got a question. If the American flag on it, is it America's moon or is it the federal government's moon? I actually, there was like a, I did Google that at one point. There was like a whole treaty that like the, they all like the world agreed to that nobody can own the moon. Everybody except North Korea. We don't trust y'all with the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and like these three little other countries, not, not you guys. <laughs> but like, and dude, there's so much like, Man, all right, I'll, t I'll tell you this. If the official story is true with the moon, like every bit of it, 
there is so much. Then Stanley Kubrick with his, like, I know you've heard about the shining and all like the room two forty three, like all the things he supposedly hid in there to show that the moon landing was fake and all like, that's what the conspiracy theorists say. If the moon landing's legit, what a great troll. Like what? Cause like he knows he would know there'd be public information that he worked with NASA and helped them record like the practicing and all that. Uh, Oh, it really makes give give him the tip of my hat. Hey, did you ever watch? Uh, we talked about it off air. Did you ever watch Eyes Wide Shut? No. All right, mandatory homework. I'm saying it on the record. It is, man. For that to be the dude's last movie, I watched it like uh, I think it came out like the early '90s. I watched it when I was like 20 back in 2010. Yeah, 2010. And I was like, oh, what a weird and odd movie. Now that I'm remembering parts of it, I'm like, oh god, dude, it's like you watched Alex Jones. It's the, the movie is about Alex Jones. Before Alex Jones is Alex Jones. When he started being Alex Jones. Alex Jones old. He started in the early 90s, like, doing wild stuff. Running. Well, you say he, like, interviewed or snuck into that one... Uh, the thing with the giant owl, Grove. Bohemian Grove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He snuck into Bohemian Grove. Uh, he would run up... He would run up to reporters on the street... Uh, or not reporters, but like congressmen on the street and just like with a camera and a microphone like, I know you're sucking demon blood out of babies <laughs> and I got the documents and I'm going to show it to everybody right now. And the congressman be like, get this crazy son of a bitch away. I'm Jonesy for the scoop. <laughs> Dude, uh, yes he was. Um, oh, I dropped my phone. Oh well. Um, well, I've recovered my phone. Uh, we are good. We're going to finish up tonight with just a little friendly dis- competitive discussion of uh, Merce. What is the perfect Self-defense weapon for your home. Claymore Roomba. <laughs> okay. That's like perfect ideally, but let's talk about practically. Here's the thing. A Roomba has a mind of its own. You might get the bad guy. You might get your kitchen carpet and the, along with the rest of your kitchen. Uh, Either way, it's going to be epic. This is going to be. That, that's going to be awesome. Uh, but no, what's your go-to? Like, if All right, you have an unlimited budget. You can have... One gun, but literally, it will not work outside of defending your property from an intruder. Like, if trash you deer with it, it's not going to work. It's, it's a magic gun. Just go with it. You can only use this gun for defending your property. Flamethrower. Okay. David, you, you do think outside the box. Not not so much for its effectiveness. No, hang on. You're going to destroy your property. Well, yeah, I know. But not just for its effectiveness. But it's, <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'll kill the guy <laughs> very painfully. There, I literally, what's the most painful way for me to kill somebody? Good God, because, I was thinking different times of shotguns. Because if you come on my place to steal from me or hurt somebody in my family, I want to defend myself with a castle doctrine in self-defense, but I want you to die slowly and painfully. <laughs> That's my producer. Uh, so I, what is it? Is it an AR-12 or is it an AK-12, the... AR shotgun, 12 gauge. Oh, well, some of them even have like the adapter on the bottom. That That's, I have a family member that will go unnamed, but I'm pretty sure it's a legal one that he has. But of yeah, course it is. Of course. Uh, absolutely. All of them are. Uh, but no, it's got a magazine we on it. We only own legal firearms. <laughs> Bleep, blop, bloop. <laughs> we, we love all gun laws and how, how they keep our country safe. Please don't investigate us. Um, but no, I, I retract that last statement I made. No, I, I can't even say that in jest. Uh, but no, I was honestly thinking, I, I, I was cleaning my 12 gauge the other day and it's, I, I call it the goose gun. It's like, uh, 
It's almost as tall as I am. It's honestly like five foot eight or something like that. It's a long old barrel. It's a 12 gauge uh, pump. And dude, I just, I always hear a lot of stuff about AR-15s and stuff like that. And like, don't get me wrong. If you got to defend yourself from 150 yards away and you're going to spend $5,000 just on equipment and not even the gun. uh, Yeah, cool. Good for you. But you can spend 450 bucks on a Mossberg and 50 bucks and have 112 gauge shells and do anything that steps into your house. Just you just have to point it down the hallway. You don't even have to aim and all your troubles disappear. Just the sound of a shotgun is commanding. Yes. You don't even have to shoot it. The person doesn't even have to see it. And even on like a like a physical level, like there's something so like about a rifle bullet that's so aerodynamic and the barrel must be precisely turned on the inside like so with grooves to help the gas vent and escape to propel this one bullet in a very particular trajectory. Shotgun, just load it, put some pellets in there and let it fly out. Yeah. Like there's, mm, there, there's something so, you know, like going all the way back to the blunderbuss, which was just like, screw it, stick metal in there with gunpowder and shoot it. It's form and function has changed so very little over the past like 200 years. I'm like, what a, what a beautifully primitive weapon. And like for, for as advanced as guns are, what just primitive beautifulness the shotgun is. That's why I like my nerdy self that plays video games. Anyone I get into, I I, I am the uh, prick that always grabs the shotgun class when the game first comes out and murderize everybody until they complain about it enough and they nerf the shotguns to where they don't work anymore. Mm. On a side note, all right, Merce doesn't even play Modern Warfare. But when that game first came out, when you got the double barrel 12 gauge, it was the only time in a video game I've seen a 12-gauge shoot, I believe, like it would in real life. Like, if someone was within what seemed like 50 yards, and you aimed it at their head and got it like a shot, you would kill them. I'm like, this is great! It doesn't matter if they're two feet away or halfway across the map. You know, it's Call of Duty. You can't see very far. You can light them up. Then everybody complained, and then it turned into, like, you like know... Like Halo, where you gotta be, like, point blank. Like, dude, from... Three feet away, it's the one-hit destructor if you shoot them in the big toe. At four feet, you have to throw the gun at them to do more damage. <laughs> I don't know why. That's the staple for video games. That's very depressing. But it's, I, I believe the reason for that is because in real life, shotguns are kind of over. Shotgun usually wins. Yeah. And dude, all right, they're far away. Put a slug in there. You're now shooting something close to a fifty caliber at them. And they better hope they're not wearing body armor. Cause that's that's just gonna make you live longer through that. I don't know. Can can a fifth can a slug go through body armor? Either way, you're gonna yeah. have a bad day. Yeah, dude, you might as well get hit by a sledgehammer. Uh, but I don't know. I you know I'm not a for having such a love of firearms. I actually own very you're little. Talking me the shotgun. I might go shotgun dude. if I can have the dragon's breath shells. I never said you couldn't. <laughs> I mean... The, I still want them to burn. All right, hang on. Side note to the side note on shotguns. How versity... Do, I remember like when YouTube was first coming out, that was one of the things I would look up is different shotgun shells. Have you seen all the different ones? Do you, like besides or Dragon like the Breath? Home, the homemade stuff. I have, there's all kinds of... like where the guys. I've seen ones where guys are making like random projectiles. Don't you and, talk about Philip Ludy to me. It'll turn <laughs> me on too much. But... Side note, he's the guy that like made homemade firearms in Britain. He was really cool. Uh, I, I don't know if he was cool. He made, he made guns from Home Depot though. Uh, but no, like loading I'm the guy your, in Japan. 
Oh, oh, you mean the guy that watched Doom one time and was like, I'm going to make one of those in real life, but with duct tape and PVC pipe. Dude, one of the guys I listened to, uh, Ryan Dawson, who's this wild, and I cannot emphasize wild enough, I do not agree with all of his opinions. I will get that out there right here and now, but he does good reporting. He lives in Japan, and he's like, uh, man, something wild about this culture. He goes... Like, since the COVID lockdowns here, he's like, the one great thing about it is that there's no tourists. Because no tourists are allowed to come to Japan during the COVID lockdowns. He goes, but there's literally no crime. None of the bikes are being stolen. None of the, He goes, every time something's stolen, it's always tourists. It's always people. He goes, people in Japan don't commit crime. He's like, they just, that's socially, like, it's not even you're afraid of the law. Like, you're afraid of being found out that you'll be caught doing this. Yeah. So then a guy said, hey, I'm going to give some people to reason to care. And he went big. Oh. I don't endorse it. Like, shooting sh- shooting people in power is how you I give watched, them more power. I watched the video. Like the, oh, the, really? Yeah, there's like the raw, unedited video. Oh, really? Yeah, the first, I did not know this. Yeah, the first shot I don't think really hit the guy. But the second shot, oh, it packed a wall up. Oh, definitely. He kind of like just like crump like. What was it? Mid was it midsection? Was it? Yeah, midsection. Oh, yeah, like man. the first shot, the guy kind of it seemed like he turned around, like wasn't really sure what was going on because they're like gun in Japan, and then yeah, then the second one definitely just, Duh. like just crumples him. Dude, that's and uh, all the assassinations of uh, world leaders. That's got to be one of the crazier ones. I was thinking that I was like, I just watched like somebody like the former leader of a major country just get blown away. They need like you remember that show Deadliest Warrior. Yes. You remember it kind of like they've hit like a Spartan from from versus Sparta. Ninja. Yeah, exactly. So they need they need Andrew Jackson versus Japan <laughs> Japanese assassin with the homemade shot. <laughs> I'll come at you with my cane, boy. Unagi Paula. Unagi. Oh, I just did some racist shit against Japanese. I had to, it's always been okay to do it to them. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't. I didn't make these rules. Disney and just follow them. It. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. You, you should. You should see some of the World War II political cartoons. Oh well, <laughs> yeah. Everything <laughs> from that era is yeah. Everybody of these three particular countries are the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see the one where it's like Donald Duck is actually a veteran that has PTSD? And his Yui, Dewey, and Louie are taking advantage of it and, like, throwing firecrackers in the house and driving him. And they're, like, having a laugh of, like, oh, look at this veteran losing his mind. I haven't seen that one. Oh, dude, yeah, it's... I've seen the one where he goes to like Japan to fight, and like there's one point he's like he's like he's like walking through the jungle, and the Japanese go to shoot him. And they're like, no, we must wait to shoot him back. And they got like huge buck teeth and yeah. slanted eyes, and yeah, yeah, they they've tried to block those away. Like, no, 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 that was the old Disney before we took over. The any of it, I've, you know, someone put it like this, and it still blows my mind. He's like, think of any of the political leanings of your will of Disney from the 40s to the current day, pick your aisle. Uh, Isn't it just kind of bonkers that a guy that drew a mouse got this much power? He made an empire. Like, dude, like, that's just an insane, like, on a capitalist comedy, none of that, like, just no economic, just this dude that was good at drawing mice and apparently making connections. (laughs) Very, very good connections. Just dominated American cult. Like, dude, 
He's almost like the Harrison Ford. Not Harrison Ford. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Berlin reference right there. He's the Henry Ford of, like, American culture. Yeah. Like, he was, like, the first one to, like, almost industrialize it. Am I thinking of, like, a new philosophical theorem right now right here in front of everybody? Probably not, but I'm digging this water that I'm drinking. Anyways, I'm running out of fuel, guys. I quit drinking coffee a little bit ago because it's late. But hey, we're going to be bringing y'all with a lot more costed episodes, a lot more regular episodes, and they're going to be uh, increasing in quality. Like, Merce, what's our season two uh, ringer? What's our... Bigger and better Because we can't do grammar worth a damn. Although that sentence, I think, worked if you threw a comma in it. Anyways, guys, y'all have a wonderful evening, wonderful day, whatever the hell you're doing. Follow us on Twitter at Bandit Radio Hour, Facebook, Bandit Radio Hour, all of it, Bandit Radio Hour. Just, just Google that and look for whatever you want. Uh, And we'll be seeing y'all next week, if not sooner.